stretch like a detail. The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Mental Reps Podcast. If you are new here tuning in, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Deanna, and I am the host of this show. And you can expect a number of different things from the MRP, anything from health and fitness, you know, workouts, nutrition, protocols, getting in the gym, kicking ass to the mindset and personal development piece, really helping you to frame and develop and grow your brain in order to successfully complete uh, the physical side of things as well. And truthfully, when you compare the two together, holy moly, we are in for some freaking incredible results. So like I said, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to everyone who has also been joining into the Mental Reps Podcast Facebook group, uh, where we have created a space for us all like-minded individuals to really come together, continue the conversation on so many of these topics, hold each other accountable, make some new friends, and just kind of get the party going because there is nothing about your fitness journey that should be miserable. <laughs> we can absolutely make this at least a little bit more fun. And I think having the right people in your corner to do so means the world. So if you are interested in joining into our Facebook group. The link is in the description of today's episode, as well as in the description of the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So go join in. We'll get the party going there. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys there. Now, if you are a regular listener, you are used to me pretty much yelling into this microphone with all of the crazy thoughts and opinions that I have going through my head. And you guys know at this point, I will never talk about anything that I don't feel like I have gone through personally or have had the experience to really be able to shed some light on it. Otherwise, I'm just doing some random research on my end and then talking into a microphone and Quite honestly, you guys could just go do that same research, right? I'm pulling from the shit that I've been through, the lessons that I've learned, the experiences that I've had throughout the course of my fitness journey, my life journey, and today's episode is no different. So we are dedicating today's episode to my grandpa, who I recently lost last week um, after 91 years. And I'll be honest with you guys, it's it's been really rough. Uh, this is... This is really the first family member that I have lost um, since I lost my grandma when I was, I think, seven or eight years old, maybe even six years old. I have like a very faint memory of it, of course. Um, but this was this was the first family member who it, it really hit home. I'm obviously at the age now where uh, I had a much better relationship with my grandpa. And I, it still even sounds weird and crazy to be even talking about this because I don't know, you never expect family to not be there anymore. And, and this man, my grandpa was was the OG, the OG Italian grandpa, just the goat of all goats. I, I This episode goes out to him and I can't wait to dive into what I have planned for today and for each of you to really hear this and really soak it in and really learn this lesson as well because my grandpa lived a life with the mindset I, I, uh, unmatched, unmatched. You guys know me. I'm big on, you know, discipline and getting shit done. And I mean, he was very much the same. I'll get into it. But he had the other side uh, of the puzzle where he was one of the most kind, genuine, lighthearted, just lights up the room individuals. 
that I have ever met in my entire life. And sure, I could be a little biased because it is my grandpa, but everyone who has met him, who has come encounter with him could absolutely agree. Um, and I want to do my part to keep that going, to keep his message going, to keep his mindset going, to keep, you know, the, the memory that I have of him and how fucking incredible he was. I, I, I want to keep that mission going. And that's going to be through me and my actions and, and the way I go about my day to day in my life, but also through each of you. And that is why we are diving into it for today's episode. So we can continue to create that impact and that legacy and continue on, uh, you know, the messages that, that he left for each of us to continue. So I'm excited. It is less about me yelling into the microphone for today and more about us just winding down a little bit and getting down to, you know, some really important shit that I think that every single one of us needs to hear and could benefit from implementing in our lives as well. So to, to sum it up, if I could even sum it up, um, my grandpa, oh, 91 years, like I said, um, he can be summed up in a few key points. Uh, family was everything. Family was everything to my grandpa. He had his kids, his kids had kids, he had his kids, his kids, his kids, like grandpa, great grandpa. He, it just, family was his entire world. Next key point, this man, you guys, this man worked until he was 85 years old, 85 years old. And he was practically forced out of working. He worked at uh, the racetrack in Yonkers and they basically had to kick him out at that point because he loved to work. He had a mission. He got up every day. He went to the racetrack. He did what he needed to do. And, and I'm pretty sure my uncle was talking about this. I'm pretty sure my grandpa worked two jobs for 20 years. He retired from the first one. Everyone was like, all right, great, Grandpa, that's awesome. Like, you're going to have so much free time. And what are you going to do now that you're retiring? He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not, you know, I'm retiring and, and from that one thing, but I got to keep working. Like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm not done. Like, what, what are you talking about? And he literally worked until he was 85 years old. And I'm sorry, guys, if that doesn't freaking sum it up for you, I, I don't know what does. Me at the age of 24 to think about working until I'm 85? No way. No way. And obviously that changes generation to generation. The people who are younger than me probably think they're going to retire at like 35 and just be done with it. But this man worked until he was 85 years old. And, and point number three, to really sum up my grandpa, I have, I've never, my mom's never, no one in my family has ever heard this man complain once. Never. Never heard him complain. Never got mad. Never got angry. None of it. None of it. For 91 years, he just rolled with the punches and he showed up every day with a smile on his face. He went to work. He did what he needed to do. He came home. He took care of his family and repeat and repeat and repeat. And I'm pretty sure if I were to ask him what his life motto would have been, it's just work hard, work hard. It, and it, it really does come down to that. It's family and it's working your ass off. And I can't think of a better way to carry on his message um, with that mindset than to just do my due diligence to embody it myself. So another little backstory for you guys and kind of ties in what the name of today's episode is. Uh, my grandpa for the last, I don't know, I don't know how many years he was there. Four or five years, potentially. Um, he lived in assisted living. Obviously, he was at the point where he could no longer uh, take care of himself. His his steps up to his house at home in Yonkers. I mean, you had to walk up a, basically a flight of stairs outside to get into the front door, and it got to a point where it was apparent like he could not 
live on his own. And again, going back to him working till he was 85 years old, he had to practically be forced out of his house and offered up help. And did he accept that help? Very reluctantly, very reluctantly. But for the last couple of years of his life, he lived in assisted living. And my grandpa, like I feel like most elderly people, um, you're used to being on your own. You're used to being independent. You're used to doing shit for yourself. So put you in an environment where you have to be taken care of and people have to do things for you and you have to rely on asking other people to do those things for you. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be stripped of their independence. Nobody wants to be stripped from their home that they've lived for decades and decades. And I can't imagine what that transition was like. And I mean, he'd crack jokes all the time. I don't want to fucking be here and this, that, the other thing, but never complained, never complained, not for a single second complained about needing to be there. And one of the memories that I have of him, and it's actually the uh, background on my phone currently, and probably will be for the unforeseeable future. Um, while he was at the assisted living facility, it was Father's Day. And the workers did some sort of, I don't know, social media, something, something, where they went around and they asked all of the men in the assisted living, you know, what piece of fatherly advice would you give? And everyone was, you know, talking about, you know, take care of your family or, or, you know, make sure you save enough money, you know, whatever these 80, 90 plus year old men gave for advice. And the workers would then write it on a whiteboard and they had the men hold it up and they took a picture and it was the cutest thing. It, it warms your heart. So my grandpa, uh, when asked, you know, what piece of fatherly advice would you give on father's day? His response was to be a kind guy and go along with whatever happens. And it practically brings tears to my eyes uh, looking at this picture of him right now because in that short snippet of what advice would you give as a father, that encompasses who he was and how he lived. Be a kind guy and go along with whatever happens. And I don't need to get into his whole life story, um, but his life was anything but easy. It, it was, you know, disaster after hardship, after loss, after death, after it, it was, you know, checking all of the boxes for holy shit, you were dealt a shit hand, right? You were dealt some hard stuff you had to deal with. And his advice was to be a kind guy and go along with whatever happens. And to me, that is now my, my life goal, my motto, my, what I want every single one of us to embody and encompass and show up as every day. Yes. Be a badass. Yes. Work your ass off. Yes. Work until you're 85 years old, but while you're doing it, be a kind guy, be kind, be compassionate, be empathetic, lend a helping hand, you know, have that soft spot to you just as much as you have that hard go-getter mentality. And that's something, that's a piece of me that I got to dig deep and, and, and resurface because it's been pushed down for quite some time of just being so go, go, go and being so pushed for excellence and pushed for success. And I mean, that side of me is not going anywhere and I don't want it to go anywhere for any of you guys either, but having that, you know, equal side of compassion and kindness and gentle and soft. And that was him. That was him. And we're going to learn today how how I want you guys all to and how I plan on just being a kind guy moving forward. And I wish so badly I could have my mom on here to just be a guest for me, uh, with me, I guess you could say, for today's episode because truly 
I mean, I knew my grandpa, right? I, I was close with him. I had a great relationship with him. He was grandpa. And he was actually my only real grandparent um, growing up, so to speak. So, I mean, I, I, we were close. Um, but my mom, you know, that's her dad. <laughs> and she has a much different and, and stronger and, and I would say better, you know, relationship with her dad who, you know, she had the luxury of spending her entire life with. And I wanted to have her as a guest on today's show. Um, I think it's a little bit too soon, a little bit too raw. Um, but she, she, her and I were talking, we talk about him all the time and we will continue to do so, but I wanted her to kind of just weigh in with, you know, her take on him and his message and what it is that he, you know, brought forth and how we're going to continue to kind of do that as well. And she was telling me this one story where, you know, obviously being in assisted living, um, and I, I remember this so vividly too. Every time I went to visit him, same conversation, you know, at the end, his memory started to go a little bit, uh, and it would be the same talk and the same questions. And I, I loved every second of it, but one of the things he brought up every single time was this place is pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad here. Like, you know, they give me three meals a day. I have breakfast for breakfast. I have my oatmeal. I do two scrambled eggs. I have my side of cereal, orange juice, French toast. This man would eat the, the world's largest breakfast. So he would talk me through, you know, that's what I have for breakfast. And I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. We get dinner. We do this every time. It's not bad. I don't mind it. It's okay. He hated this place. Like, let's be real. He did not want to be there. We knew he didn't want to be there. But every single time, the same conversation, every single visit was that it's not bad. They take great care of him. He's happy to be here. And my mom was telling me the story that every time, you know, she would go visit him as well. And she was there almost every single day. Um, she would always say like, all right, bye dad. You know, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm coming by tomorrow. And every single time, and mind you, he's in his own little apartment in this place. He's pretty much by himself for a good amount of time. Um, he would always, always, always say, you know, come back if you can, if not, no worries, no big deal. Go take care of the family. I know you got a lot of stuff to do. Go take care of the family. Going back to his, you know, number one, sum up my grandpa family was everything. And being that he was literally alone in this facility by himself with a bunch of strangers having to get adjusted and probably hating every second of it, but never saying it, all he wanted was company, of course, as anybody would. And every single time, my mom, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. No, no, don't worry about it. I'm good. I'm fine. Uh, don't worry about me. Go take care of the family. Go take care of the family. And she's like, I hear that and his voice say that all of the time just in my head. And it just, it makes me smile because again, no matter what he was going through, he was worried about everybody else. You know, don't worry about me. I'm good. I got it. I'll figure things out. You go take care of you. You go take care of the family. And that was something, and that's what I want to kind of pull from this as well, is, is being a kind guy, you know, in, in the words of my grandpa, it comes down to really making sure that, you know, you're going above and beyond for everyone else in your life with absolutely no expectation of anything coming your way in return nothing. You're just giving. You're giving for the selfless act of giving and, you know, loving and caring for other people with no expectation for anyone to do the same for you. And it's not that like, oh, I don't, I don't need anything. You know, when you say that and you're like really secretly hoping that they get you something in return kind of deal, it was selfless. It was a hundred percent selfless. So moving forward in, in my life and what I want for each of you guys as well is, is to do that. So action number one of being a kind guys is going above and beyond going above and beyond for someone else. This could be a loved one, a friend, a family member, a stranger on the street, go above and beyond for someone else with absolutely no expectation of anything in return. So another conversation I would have with him uh, pretty much every visit, and he would ask my mom every visit as well, how are the kids? 
How's everyone? Is everyone working? Everyone good? Everyone's got a job? Again, going back to this man knew how to work. This man had a work ethic like no freaking other. And if you would have asked him in, you know, his at 90 years old, his 90th birthday, Grandpa, you wish you were still working? He'd be like, absolutely. Like he just, that's what he knew. That's what he loved. That's what he wanted to do. And when he could no longer work, his main goal, focus, priority was to make sure all of his kids were working and then all of his grandkids were working. And we were all set up. We all had a job. We all went to college. We all graduated. You need anything? They need any money? They working? They making good money? And it, it didn't, it didn't matter what it was. If the answer was, yeah, grandpa, we're all working. Okay, good, good. You got to work. You know, you got, you just, you got to work. I'm like, I know I plan to like, we're good. We got it. And Every time that I was there visiting, um, you guys could probably imagine me trying to explain the fact that I am, one, that I work from home for my computer, blew his mind, two, that I am an online health and fitness coach. I just, it, I pretty much gave up at that point. It, it wasn't clicking. It wasn't connecting. The idea of me working as a personal trainer, but not being there physically with people, but being able to work with so many, like it just... It was, it was, I wound up giving up, but every single time it came back to, well, you're making good money. Well, you're, you're, are you working? You're, you're working, right? I'm like, yeah. Cause it would be confusing as to why I could be there in like the middle of the day on a Tuesday, uh, because I can work for my computer. It was, it was concerning to him. So as long as I reassured him, yes, I was working. Yes. I had a plan. Yes. I had a steady income. Like we were good to go. And again, going back to my mom, that was always his primary question. And he started again, like I said, to get a little confused and would always ask, you know, the kids graduated college, right? Or what, when do they leave for college? Mom's like, no, no, they, they graduated. They, they're off, they're working. And they all got jobs. Wow. All of them, all three, all three have jobs. Like for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a triplet. So there's three of us. So AKA a lot to deal with and handle. And my grandpa, you know, made sure that all three of us were working. We did have our jobs and it just, it was a conversation that used to make me smile every single time because here I am worrying about, you know, living a life and, and travel and adventure and forgetting the fact that I'm so freaking fortunate to have a job where I can, you know, go visit my grandpa in the middle of the day on Tuesday, that I do have a steady source of income. And instead of pushing into, I want more, I want more of this, I want more of that. I want, yo, yo, like, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be able to do what I do. And my sister is so grateful to do what she does. And my brother, same thing, to have a job and to have a steady income and to be able to support ourselves. It's, that is such a fucking blessing. And no, I probably will not work until I'm 85 years old. But in his defense and his, his mindset, his outlook, like that is so important. That is so valuable. So while we're all growing up in this whole generation behind me as well, I have a younger brother who I'm sure it's going to be even worse for him when we're all worried about like, you know, not working or when can we retire? And like, I want that freedom. And we see it all over social media. Now these people just like traveling the world for their job. I don't know what they do. We're all caught up in that. Be caught up in what you are doing and the blessings you do have and the work that you do have and the job that you're fortunate enough to do every day. And if you work with people, the people you're fortunate enough to talk to and spend that time with, I mean, that is what it's about. It's not about what's next, what's bigger, what's cooler, what is so-and-so doing on social media? Like who gives, who gives? My grandpa got to a point where he didn't even ask what we did. He just, are you working? The answer was yes, he was happy and he was good with that. So just a little bit of that mindset shift too. And even having these conversations with him, I never really recognized the, the why behind it. 
But again, going back to family being everything, his concern was one, I need a job. Two, I need income because three, eventually I'm going to have to support a family. So like, can I do that? And it is so simple. We overcomplicate the fuck out of our lives and our purpose and our mission and what we have to do it like chill out chill out be so grateful for the people you're surrounded by the loved ones you have the job that you have the money you have coming in and sure we're striving for that next step and we're striving for excellence but there is no piece of this journey that should just say don't care about where you're at right now you should be so grateful for everything that you have and he is an excellent reminder of that so you could imagine as my grandpa is getting older and like i said just the og italian you guys can probably picture him. Um, his concerns work. Next concern, any guesses? Any guesses? It's, you got a boyfriend? You married? You got a boyfriend? You married? I'm like, Grandpa, no, I am not married. Like, holy moly, I'm 24 years old. I'm not married. Uh, I do have a boyfriend. And then it would start that same conversation, you know, time and time again, visit after visit. And second question is, one, you got a boyfriend? Yes, Grandpa, I do. Next question, is he Italian? And I just start laughing and laughing. Yes, Grandpa, he is Italian. I'd have to show him pictures. You know, proof is in the pudding. Uh, it was hysterical. And it used to crack me up every single time. And what made me laugh the most, um, I've been with my boyfriend for quite some time now. My grandpa has met him multiple times. And there was one year, the first year that my grandpa and my boyfriend, Zach, the first time they met, we were at the our beach house. Our family has a beach house in Jersey, and we all go there um, for the summer. And my grandpa, quite a few years back when he was you know mobile and doing his thing, he would come, and that was his favorite thing in the whole world was to plop his ass on the beach and not talk to a soul for hours. And he met Zach at the beach house, so they know each other, and he knows the answer to these questions, but of course doesn't remember. And introduced him as Zach. This is my boyfriend, this, that, the other thing. About a day or two goes by of us spending the week in the beach house. And my grandpa is asking everyone where Stuart is. <laughs> Where's Stuart? Haven't seen Stuart around. Did Stuart leave? We're all like, who the fuck is he talking about? Like what? Lo and behold, I don't know where in his brain this got tangled, but my boyfriend's name to my grandpa was Stu. Good old Stuart. So we just, it has been the running joke in my family that uh, good old Stu is just back again. You know, he's coming to the beach house and the whole thing. And it would just make me laugh because it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if he called him Stuart or Bob or Billy or he knew who he was. He loved that he was there. They had that connection and it just came full circle as we were talking in the assisted living facility, making sure that Stuart was Italian and he checked the boxes because why my grandpa needs to make sure that his family is taken care of. And in his opinion, me being taken care of is to date and be with someone who is Italian. So checked that box, grandpa, I am making you proud. I promise. Um, and it was just it was the best conversation to continuously have and show pictures and just get his little nod of approval uh, when he saw that he was Italian. The next piece of being a kind guy and really embodying that for him and, and because of him is just to stop complaining. Stop complaining. It sounds so simple, but there's no need for it. There's no purpose for it. And I remember this again, every time I went to visit him, my mom vouched for the same thing. You'd walk into his little apartment room thing and say, Hey grandpa, how you doing? And what were the two words that came out of his mouth? Can't complain. That was it. Enough said when the reality is he probably had about 5 billion and two things he could complain about. He could complain from his physical health to his mental health to his knee bothering him to the facility or it's too hot in his room. You know how it goes. And I'm sure we've all met uh, quite a few elderly people in our lives who love to complain. 
who have a bone to pick with everyone and everything. And that's just the way that they get old is they get cranky. And my grandpa was the opposite. The older he got, the more, you know, wise and kind and generous he got. And, and all of us need to take a page out of that book, a page out of that chapter of his book where we need to stop complaining. Because when you really take a step back, you zoom way the hell out. There is very little in your life that truly warrants a complaint. And if you are complaining, why not just take action to fix it? And if you can't take action to fix it, shut the fuck up about it. Stop complaining. It, it sounds again, so simple. And this is something that I don't know, I guess I could kind of call myself out for more as well and kind of have been, um, since his passing is, is my uh, innate ability to find something to stress about. <laughs> I am very good at it. I am very, very good at finding something in my day, a small detail, whatever it may be to just get all worked up about and not necessarily complaining. I pride myself on not being too much of a complainer, but a stressor, oh, that is me. So learning from him where, <laughs> why stress? Why get freaking worked up and anxious and worried and you know bothered over these things that in the grand scheme of life, it sounds so cliche, but in the grand scheme of life really don't mean shit. You're gonna get cranky or stressed or complain about the weather or your boss or your physical appearance or yeah, I don't know, your car sounds like shit. Ah, enough. Are you here? Are you healthy? You're good to go. And that was the extent of what my grandpa worried about. He was here, he was healthy, he's good to go. And even when his health started to decline a little bit, he was here, he was healthy, his grandchildren were working, everything was fine. And I have caught myself so many times over the last week or so where I do get stressed out and I do start to worry and, I'm and I sit and I'm like, why am I worried? What am I worried? I'm okay. I'm good. Everything is good. And it's going to take a lot of hard work for me to actually create this into like a habit, I guess, if you will, or, or a better mindset shift for me. But I want each of you to do the same. When you find yourself complaining, take a step back and recognize what are you complaining about? Do you have the ability to change it? If the answer is yes, stop complaining and go do it. And if the answer is no, stop complaining and deal with it. That's really the only two choices because the amount of time that we waste complaining or stressing or getting worked up and annoyed and aggravated over shit in our lives, all of a sudden you blink and you're 90 years old sitting in an assisted living facility where you're looking back saying, wow, I had it pretty damn good. And it's very, very hard to do that in the present moment, but that is my, my wish upon all of you guys and myself as well to do that, to find a way to be present and grateful in the moments as they're happening versus looking back. And I know we are all guilty of this. We can think back to, I don't know, anything in your life. Think back to middle school and think back to high school, think back to college, like depending on, you know, where you're at in your current life, I guarantee in your high school years, you were stressed about tests and you were stressed about that boy and, you know, prom dress this and friends that, and it was all so stressful and you were complaining and you were fresh. You look back, you're probably like, high school was pretty cool. I don't know. It was fun. It was easy. Oh my gosh. I, I wish I could be 24 again. I'm sure some of you guys are saying that as I continue to repeat my age, uh, I wish I could be 24 again. Life was good. This was that I didn't have to worry about X, Y, Z. And instead of looking back and being like, ah, oh, I had it good. Look into your now and say, ah, I have it good. Even if it's not great even if it's not great. And that's the difference. We wait until shit is excellent to be like, yep, this is it. 
But the newsflash here is that it'll never get there. You will always, if you're in that mindset, have something to complain about, have something to compare to, have a reason to be stressed unless you really start to dig deep into why it is you're doing what you're doing and be able to essentially call yourself out in that very moment. So a word to the wise from my good old grandpa, stop complaining and start taking extreme ownership and extreme, I guess, gratitude towards the things in your life that you do have. So kind of to go off of that as well, something that he did exceptionally well, again, without a peep out of him, was just embracing the hard embracing the hardship, embracing the fact that he needed two jobs, you know, to work two jobs for 20 plus years of his life in order to support his family. And instead of complaining and saying, wow, this shit sucks. I'm fucking tired. This is a lot of hours of work. He embraced the hard. He did what he needed to do. And that was just about it. Again, taking that energy that we spend on, you know, complaining or being negative and channeling it into just the work that you need to do to be in whatever the situation may be embracing that hard and being okay with it. And then more so even going a step further to, instead of fixate on the suck, fixate on the silver lining. Fixate on the one small thing, one positive that is coming from whatever the situation may be. And I guarantee you, if you think hard enough about it, you will always find a silver lining. There will always be some sort of benefit, a lesson learned, something you could be grateful for from whatever it is that you're dealing with. And that was what he did so well. And again, without a peep out of him, I'm taking, you know, from the context of knowing what I knew about him and the life that he lived and the stories my mom would tell. And I mean, she never said to me, oh, grandpa always fixated on the silver lining. But like he did. He did. Every situation he was in in his life, there was something good about it. There was something to be happy about. There was something to smile about. Can't complain. And I don't know anyone in my life currently who lives like that. I know I sure shit don't. I know I could definitely use a page out of his book when it comes to just being able to embrace the hard, work through it and find what the good is and and fixate on the good and, and continue to show up through that good. So that's another thing I want each of you to really be kind of working through yourselves is in the midst of the hard shit, uh, embracing that hard because it's, it's going to leave you better than you were previously. It's going to teach you some sort of lesson that you can use in your life, but don't just embrace it as like, damn, this sucks. Um, all right, I got it. Like, well, what's the good? What's the positive? What can we kind of learn and grow through? Above everything with being a kind guy and again, his whole life just continuously leaving people better than he found them. And I don't think he even, I mean, I probably know he didn't do it intentionally. It wasn't like, you know, he had it tattooed on his arm, leave people better than you find them. Okay. That's what I'm going to do today. That's just how he was. That's how he was. He, like, there is not a single bad negative thing anyone can say about him. And, And this included to all of like the workers at the assisted living facility who really took good care of him for the last couple of years. Um, everyone he worked with until he was 85, all everyone in his life had nothing but exceptional things to say about George. And that's what it was that plain and simple. He had an innate ability and outlook on life so much so that he was able to touch the lives of every single person that he met. Do you guys, do you know anyone in your life like that? I mean, I don't, I, I can think of him. I can think of that one person. And to recognize that and reflect on myself and be like, huh, 
I sure as shit hope I'm doing that. I hope that everyone who, you know, I encounter, who I work with as a coach, who I am friends with, who I, you know, talk to even through, through this platform, even through my podcast, I hope I'm able to leave everyone better than I found them. I hope people are able to say, wow, I'm so much better because I knew her, because I was friends with her, because I listened to her. And there's always more to be done, but he touched everyone and, and changed them for the better. And I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what that is. That wasn't like, a, oh, his generation or, or whatever it may be. I met a lot of elderly people at that facility who I would say I'm worse off from the conversation I had with them, right? Just tons of negativity and complaining. And you kind of walk away like, oh my God, what's wrong with them kind of deal. And he was just so the opposite. So for every single one of you, leave people better than you found them. Be so courteous and compassionate and loving and understanding of every single soul you meet from the stranger in line at Starbucks to your absolute best friend in the whole wide world. Your ability to be a good human being should be universal across the board.